0: Welcome to Group Talk, four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Inside Saddleback with Steve Glayton.
1: Hello to all of you Small Group Point people worldwide, and thank you so much for tuning in to listen to our show today. Derek here, along with your other host, Steve Gladen. Hey,
2: everybody. Great to see you, or maybe listen to you, or maybe I won't do either. You'll (laughs) listen to me.
1: So, Steve, on our last show, I shared how I came to this strange realization that your initials are S and G, which not only stand for Steve Gladen, but also stand for crazy enough. Small groups, but, and that's a big but. Hey, quit looking at me when you say that. (laughs) Even crazier is I have come to realize that our good old friend, Billy Boy, Bill Search, host of The Leadership Journey, one of our other group talk shows. Guess what his initials are? BS. (laughs) BS. And S, which not only stand for Bill Search, but I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, it stands for
2: Biblical Studies.
1: <laughs> so, to all of such you... such a
2: scholar. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I love it. D- biblical D- Studies. Uh, yes, Derek, I'm sure it came to your mind, too. Hey, I, I can't imagine what else it would come, come from except for his... Sarcastic demeanor, but other than that, you know, <laughs>
1: I just wanted let's stick to, to, to give, the mind. I just wanted to give fair warning to all of the 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 small group point people who listen to Bill's show. Just keep his initials in mind when listening.
2: Oh, nice. that makes me go to Carolyn Takeda, CT. Uh, maybe she's a mole for Christianity Today. It could be. <laughs> you know, she's just worming her way in there. And then you have Nick Lindsay, NL. Good luck with that new life in new Jesus and Jesus. Go. There we go. And we just burned about 2 minutes on absolutely nothing, <laughs> but it's fun to have everybody back this month for Inside Saddleback.
1: Yeah, and on last month's show, we were lamenting life without college football season due to the fact that both of the conferences in which our favorite teams play, the conferences declared they would not be playing the season which was wrecking our lives, but oh what a month can do. How ecstatic are you, Steve? that now both Pac-12 and Big Ten have reversed course and are playing football this year.
2: Yeah, I hate to ever, ever say we're behind the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC, but unfortunately on this go-round we were, So, but it's just great. Uh, we fire back up uh, October 23-24, and Pac-12 fires up November 6-7. So, you know, life is getting somewhat back on a track we like, and I'm going to be thrilled not to be watching professional football. <laughs>
1: you <laughs> Uh, that makes two of us. So, yeah. our theme for this show is uh, four areas change must happen. And so, give us a little preview of this show. Yeah,
2: well, first it started off in the Big Ten. That was number one. And then the Pac-12, number two. That's two places <laughs> that change had happened. I'm no, 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 not, not going with that. I mean, uh, you know, we we live in a bizarre 2020. We've had so much change. Uh, I, I normally have great sea legs uh, when change happens. Saddleback is fast, fluid, and flexible. And they, they put it it's all cap and 86 point font. And it's this it is really, uh, I can survive quite a bit. But 2020 has really pushed me to my to my ends. But, you know, like there hasn't been enough change. So when you're talking about a show that's going to talk about four areas that must change, all of you are like going, I don't want more change. I want more stability. But these four areas of change will do it because, you know, there's, uh, there's change that has been good for us. Um, there's been change that's been bad for us. There's change uh, that you like, and there's change that you dislike. Uh, there's change... Um, you do because you want to do it. Uh, COVID's a great excuse, and there's change that you do because you don't want to do it, and but yet you still have to do it. Uh, every time I put a mask on, you know, it's not that I don't want to do it, but, you know, that's a change that was Im- imposed on me. Uh, there's change you decide. There's change that someone decides for you. There's change you want. There's change you never get. So, in this bizarre and crazy 2020, how do you read? How do you address the change, regardless of the circumstances? But also, how do you face the fact that there are glaring things that you must change? And, and I know you don't want to change anymore. But these are four areas that, as we look in our four topics uh, that we, the sections of the show, there's one in each one of them that you've got to do and you've got to face with. Uh, Change. So, as much as you're like going, no, I don't want another show on change, I just want to encourage you to buckle up because there are areas that you've got to engage in and address to help your church, to help your small group ministry, and to be honest with you, to help you out that will, uh, you know, pull it all together.
1: So, make sure and stick around as we get to our. our theme later of managing change. That was a nice preview. But let's talk about, Steve, our Saddleback scoop for this show. What do you got for us? Yeah,
2: and this is this is the first area of change. I mean, uh, we had to realize that we had to have two areas of change. Uh, it only counts as one, though, because I put a and, so it's a run-on sentence. But, uh, you know, so I guess there's really five. But, you know, but <laughs> here's two areas of change that Saddleback had to address immediately. One of them was in our communication. And our communication was so, so myopic towards adults in small groups because we don't have temple courts. We had small groups. So we were doing a great job of pushing, uh, uh, you know, the adult small groups. But then we realized that we were we're missing chunks of people out there that, you know, need community just as much as adults do. And so part of our communication had to change to hit the wide spectrum of our kids' small groups. Our JHM, our junior high uh, small groups, our high school small groups, our college small groups, and our adult small groups, so that we could, you know, minister to the people more in that wide scope. Because we have groups that uh, are are going to start meeting on our campus, which is our large group small group, or you may know them as medium sized groups uh, that are happen both in our children's ministry, our student ministry, and adult ministry. Uh, but we have groups decentralized too that range all the way from Zoom only. They'll never meet again all the way to we have groups that are meeting physically and probably not social distancing if I know crazy people that I know. Uh, So, you know, they're all right there. But one of them is that a change that has to happen is communication. And are you thinking of all people types. When you're thinking of your decentralized movement in small group ministry, are you thinking about the kids? Are you thinking about the students? And obviously, we're a little bit more bent on thinking about the adults. We had that same problem when we went into COVID. We were talking about the online services for you know adults, uh, but re- in our regular communications to adults, we didn't say, hey, hey, here's your thing for kids, and here's your thing for junior high, high school, and college. I mean, just in case they didn't communicate it to mom and dad. But the second point is the one I want to focus on more than just that one in uh, one of the things that Saddleback has had to focus on. And we have had to get much, much, we're always been intentional about balancing the five purposes uh, over the six months when your group meets, but we've had to double down in this period of time. And and I just want to share with you some stats because um, I, I love sociologists. I love the study they do on human nature and human uh, behavior and why we do what we do. And uh, some of this uh, you've seen from um, from prior, but at following the turn of the century, uh, the sociologist uh, Caiyun. Uh, Lim, uh, who's a PhD, University of Wisconsin uh, at Madison, uh, go Badgers, I guess, if you're into that school, and his associate political science, uh, scientist, Robert Putnam, uh, PhD, Harvard University, demonstrated that religious people are more satisfied with their lives than non-religious people. Surprisingly, however, they found that this is not the relationship with God or spiritual factors, like Bible reading, uh, that makes, uh, makes the devout uh, happier. Instead, the satisfaction boost comes from closer ties to others, can you say small groups, who are sharing their experiences. The social aspect of religion, rather than the theological Or the spiritual aspects of a religion is what make people more satisfied with their lives because uh, of their social networks within their faith communities. Now, that's been around for uh, over—that study was done, like they said, at the turn of the century, and uh, Putnam—you guys may know him from uh, his book, Better Together— uh, from bowling alone, he's done some studies on saddleback. I've had uh, some of his interns that were—they uh, were housed inside of our team to mirror us and follow along and do some studies uh, based on us. And that 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 those stats are, are good and we've always known that people pick a church more for sociological reasons than for theological reasons it doesn't mean you don't need the theology but it, you know that that's critical so that's kind of done you've known that you've known the power of groups you've known the power of community but what I want to share with you is the latest study that they've done that is more pertinent during this covid time th- through this time of 2020 that is powerful and we'll we'll Post this all in the uh, show notes uh, because this quote is long and I I know you can get lost in uh, my soothing voice that just, you know, uh, just (laughs) brings you happiness like it does Derek every month when we do this show. But it's going to be important for you to follow up and go go into the show notes and you can uh, see uh, see that piece or or see this uh, excerpt I took out of here. But here's the one I want you to focus on. And it says "They're, they're new findings. And this is as congregational affiliation, that's the attendance, plummeted in the U.S., Uh, Lim and Putnam followed up their initial study with another study that went even deeper. The results of that study is reported in American Grace, How Religion Divides Us and Unites Us. Both Lim and Putnam, uh, it's uh, Simon & Schuster's book if you want to pick that up, American Grace, How uh, Religion Divides Us and Unites Us. That study found that the deepest life satisfaction could not be attributed to the spiritual factors like going to church, Bible reading, individual prayer, the the strength of belief, or subject feeling of God's love and presence. Now, we'll be the first ones to say those are important. But again, you're looking at people's felt needs because you want to meet them where they're at. And take them to where they want to go. So, if this is not hitting a felt need, what where, where does the study go on with? It says, instead, the deepest life satisfaction has to do with the fact that you meet with a group of close friends on a regular basis and participation in shared activities that are meaningful to the group, sharing a certain uh social identity and have a sense of belonging to the moral faith community. Now, they go on, take it a little bit deeper, and they say, belonging to a secular group of friends that engages in meaningful activities and shares social identity also boosts life satisfaction. So, that's our competition. But what their studies found were but not as much as within the context of moral faith community, which is all why we always talk about the felt need in small groups, is you're helping them fill that spiritual void that happened at the fall of mankind. It's the only thing that di- differentiates us, our small groups, from book clubs or sports clubs or things like that. Uh, you can read more about that in my book, and Planning Small Groups with Purpose. But it goes this goes on, it says, as life becomes more digitally rooted, which is what COVID has thrown to us, the need to connect with others and have what we need to have, uh, what we at the, at the DMX Institute have called H-A-H-I's, human uh, I mean, Authentic Human Interactions, grows exponentially when this happens. Small groups where people come together and connect over all kinds of things are one of the largest social movements ever. Now, we just uh, we uh, shared with you on a previous show about a year or so ago when Facebook, when they were doing a study on our small group network and which was the precursor to them releasing their Facebook groups because they're understanding that small groups have a power. Now, what we know is that the power is not just in the small groups, but it's in what the small groups do or the purpose of the small group, and that is is to be able to pull together that, hitting that, that spiritual hole that we have and that spiritual void that we have in connecting uh, with God. It goes on to say, a central outcome for our participants, will be to make possible life's deepest satisfaction through meeting with a group of close friends on a regular basis, this is what we'd call fellowship, participating in shared community activities, which is what we would call Uh, for us, evangelism or mission, and goes on to say that are meaningful to the group's meeting and shared social identity, and that's our serving to find their shape and having a sense of belonging to a moral faith community, which is worship. All that to say is that what Jesus said in the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, sociologists are saying that this is what people are craving. They're craving these pieces that Jesus said, And then went on to finally close out the quote. It says, according to another Harvard study, the social pleasure of shared experience outweighs the joy of doing something extraordinary on your own. Things that we've known all along, but in this COVID time. You have got to not be worrying about what's the next curriculum that will pull people together in the fall. I will tell you, like I've been telling you uh, when I posted in the Facebook group, if curriculum is your only bullet to pulling people back out of the COVID uh, disengagement that we had, then you're missing the boat of what sociologists are screaming to us and what Jesus had told us when he was talking about the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. So one of the things that you have to change is, first off, is that we just talked about in the Saddleback Scoop section, is you've got to figure out how's my communication strategy working. And Derek's going to put in the show notes a URL that kind of shows you what we were doing and you can kind of link to it and take a peek. But also understand your focus in driving home what we call the back end of the diamond in our culture of the baseball diamond of engaging people in serving and evangelism, and worship are things that groups typically miss. And even in fellowship, they miss the, the deepness of it. You've got to dial that in. So, again, that is the first area change that you must do if you're going to come out of COVID successfully in your small group ministry. And that was quite a meaty Saddleback Scoop. Really? You know, it's a scoop, I tell you. You know, we're always, we're we're always about large scoops here, you know. We're the we're the store that you know gives you all that stuff. But it it is a passion area, obviously. You heard in my voice, because you know when sociologists back up what Jesus is saying. I mean, we should just take it for granted from what Jesus is saying. But then when they back it up, and especially when they link the study, you know, when it, as it's coming out of what COVID was, it has crippled us with. It's we've got to engage our focus and change how we focus on what groups are about.
1: So on our network nugget, which is the latest happenings and news inside the small group network world. Steve, what do you got for us? What okay. are you most excited about?
2: So now this is another area of change of how you do church. And one of the things that as we've been looking at and auditing our calls and the conversations we've been having with churches, especially through COVID, you got to figure out how you're doing church. And uh, one of them, I'll let Derek go into the details, but uh, we've got you know three things that that can help you change, so you can learn how you need to do church. And one of them is a new course that we just brought out, and that, that is online small groups course. And Derek, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yes, we're super excited to announce the launch of our newest online training course. It's officially called How to Start and Sustain Healthy Online Small Groups. And in this course, you're going to learn why. Online groups are viable. to churches of all sizes. You're going to learn four strategic points to doing online groups right. You're going to get to look at what a typical online group uh, is like from start to finish, uh, how to express the five biblical purposes online, and then a, a really cool copy and paste plan. To launch your online groups ministry. And this course features uh, seven total video sessions taught by Saddleback Church's own online pastor, Jay Cranda.
2: Czar. He's just the czar. He, he's the czar of online. Looks like a kid, but we've been doing uh <laughs> our broadcast of, you know, our of you know our temple court since 03 and been doing virtual groups since 09. Back when all my friends who may be listening to this who used to tell me I was Helping steer the church towards hell, uh, but because uh, I was crushing community. But uh, it is a, uh, he is just, uh, he is a, pup. it looks like a pup, but he's got wisdom, wisdom, wisdom in this area that you need.
1: And Jay, um, unlike Steve on film, can be quite funny. No, I'm kidding. Come on, brother. Uh, Jay's Jay's got just, he's really fun. You're going to want to watch it. It includes downloadable notes and lesson discussion questions, and you can watch the free course introduction. It's like five plus minutes long at smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash online small groups. Go check it out. We think you will like it.
2: Yeah. And another thing we're trying to help you with your church and how you do, when we're talking about church, we always talk about temple courts and house to house, how you can do, of those is we actually have the lobby coming up in 2021. Uh, a lot of people are going, is it still coming? Is it still doing? It's still going? We're doing the lobby in 2021. We
1: are moving forward.
2: February, yes. And it's in February. And uh, Derek's going to explain more about that. But it's one of the things we're going to focus on, what must change. Uh, as we've been planning and, uh, you know, and obviously we plan the discussion times. You can decide whether you want to come and go. Uh, that's why it's called the lobby. Because uh, when you're walking through the lobby, you can say, yeah, I want to eavesdrop on this conversation or be a part of this conversation. Or you may say, yeah, I want to go to my room and just." Go, back, go to bed because I'm old and, you know, 9 o'clock's <laughs> late and things like that. But tell us tell them a little bit more about the lobby. And I think you've got a very gracious, gracious offer to them financially on the lobby yes, coming up. Yes, yes,
1: we do. So, yeah, again, if you're brand new to all this and you're thinking, the lobby, what? Is this an event? Yes, it's a small group networking event. It's located uh, every year annually around February. In SoCal, here at the stunning Rancho Capistrano Retreat Center, an incredible setting, uh, three days, two nights, and just an amazing network experience. So, like Steve said, lobby, it's, we create environments for small group point people from all over the nation to come together, relax in a casual environment, and just talk about conversations, uh, much like you would do in a church lobby over coffee so whether you're a beginner or a veteran smugger point person you'll have an equal voice in all of our conversations we have evening sessions called Together Times with a great time of worship and some insight from keynote speakers or panels. We have morning sessions called Table Times, which were all around tables, kind of engaging in conversations. And then we have all kinds of breakout sessions on the hot topics of small group ministry. So it's just an amazing time. And we are running a flash stale um, through October 31st. You're not going to flash me now, are you? <laughs> Jesus, help me. We we are running a flash sale through the end of the month. Get this. You can get Steve. I don't know if this is even legal, but they can get $175 off the current registration price. Um, Just go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events, and you'll see all of the, uh, I think, 16-plus events we have coming up for next year. Just look for the lobby. And then when you're registering, use a code FLASHSALE, all caps. FLASHSALE, one word, all caps. Get you 175 bucks. Yeah, I
2: think I, I, I think you uh, you gained your composure pretty good on that one. <laughs> you know, you are you are hurting, but you know. And if you're looking at the lobby, just understand you may say, oh my goodness, the, the price is so high. That includes your hotel stays. Uh, so you can almost subtract three hundred dollars off uh, that right away because it's two nights, and then it includes all your meals. So you can think through that. So yeah. when you when you look at it, the the lobby itself is not much.
1: Yeah, it's three days, two nights at the most beautiful setting you've ever seen. Again, like Steve said, it includes lodging, most meals, uh, and all the stuff you're gonna get. You know, all the registration, the the fun stuff.
2: Yeah. And then one of the other things just to wrap up the network nugget uh, in in our show here is we're also bringing this to you. We're actually going to be in, uh, in, you know, we'll just drop out the lobby. We're going to be in 15 cities uh, throughout the United States, bringing training to your to your city. So if you live near one of these cities, uh, you know, let's just let's just knock it out. So start us off, Derek. What's the first city? We're coming to Houston. And, th- and then we're coming right back to the O.C. to make sure that, you know, our Southern California brethren know what needs to happen. That's right. Then we're going up the coast to Portland. And then we're going to be at the Inland Empire. Those of you there in the Southern California, you'll know where that's at. And then we're going all the way over to the East Coast of Florida. And then we're going to flip it all the way back and go to Las Vegas because what we teach in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. <laughs>
1: And then we're gonna go down to the south and eat some fried food in Nashville. Nashville. Yeah,
2: what's well, really not super south. It's I mean, they, they like to say they're in the south, but I mean if you've been to Nashville, it's everything but south. But uh hospitality is still there. But and then we're gonna flip on back over to the Rocky Mountains and we're gonna hang out in Denver. And then we are going back to sunny SoCal. And we're gonna be Bringing it up there, we'll be actually at the same retreat center uh, teaching Accelerate. Then we're going to go all the way up to the New England states, and we're going to be in New Hampshire,
1: and then we're going to um, a sad state called Ohio, where a certain football team plays. Yeah, we're actually be in the capital there. We're going
2: to be in Columbus, Ohio. Go Bucks! Stay with me, uh, and we'll we'll go to a game right after we do the lobby there, and then we're going to head on into Atlanta. Uh, then we're getting a little bit more into the South, but uh, still.
1: Then we're going to go up the
2: coast to Washington, D.C. Wow. And then we're going to be all the way over into the islands. We're going to be over in Hawaii uh, on Oahu and excited about that and
1: working on our tan. And just really excited to minister to the small group point people there. They need us. Somebody must go and answer the call.
2: And I feel bad that Derek didn't make the call. So (laughs) there we go. But Derek's going to go to our next city, which is...
1: Uh, this is this is not a joke friends we are going to Siberia
2: yeah we'll, we'll be in Siberia <laughs> right there and then we're gonna go all the way or it's why we're over there might as well drop into Moscow uh, see how they're working on the election for us. And uh, with that, so we're uh, we're going to complete that. So we're going to be in 15 different cities helping you manage change and figure out how to do it in your church, which is uh, important to do.
1: And so for all those events, again, go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events. You can see the breakdown of all of them and register if you want. Okay. On to our leadership learning. What do you got for us?
2: Yeah, uh, This is an area of change. I am just... Uh, I I would say different adjectives, but then they would, Derek would have to bleep them out and it's just no fun. But this one is you've got to change how you're engaging in social media. And this is not just for you. This is your small group leaders, your small group hosts. You have got to figure out, you know, okay, how are we tackling social media? It's Obviously, it's here to stay. It's a great useful tool just like the internet but if you're not careful and you're not using it in the right way you're going to cause more division more strife more mm-hmm. conflict you know more non god centered situations that are there. And the thing I would say, we're gonna give you a couple of frames on how to do this, but here are two things I would just ask you to do. I'd ask you to you start to read up on the dangers of social media to, uh, to our next gen. There's been a lot of studies that have shown, uh, social media has been around about 10 years, it's enough traction where there's a lot of good studies that are out there on the on the ill effects of social media to teenagers and the rise of cutting, the rise of suicide, the rise of identity crises. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been byproducts out of social media. Now, does that mean that you... You don't do social media? No, it's just like there's a lot of bad on the internet, but we still utilize the internet for good. But the problem is what we've seen in social media is church, church staffs, you know, small group leaders have stubbed their toe countless times in the use of social media. And here's what it boils down to: We'll give you a few frameworks to look on, work on, but. Um, The basic question you've got to help your your leaders understand in your small group ministry, maybe you too, is what is the purpose of your social media accounts? And I would encourage you to wrestle with before you go to them, go into your heart and say, what is the purpose of our social media accounts? And because if you can a- answer what the purpose is, then you're going to know what to post and what not to post. But if you're tossed around uh, through the waves and the wind, what Scripture guards us against, then your social media is just going to be used by rash, passionate ideas that you've heard from somebody else. And I, and that's what frustrates me more than anything else. A lot of people are just reposting stuff that are uh, they haven't checked they haven't looked at, they haven't thought through, does this confirm my purpose of my social media channel? And so a uh, real fun one, Derek's wife uh, had a great framework. I thought it was simple, it was practical, uh, and, I, and I really loved it from her own heart.
1: Yeah, so my wife, uh, her main uh, social media account is Instagram. That's the one she likes the most. And So her framework, as Steve puts it, uh, is basically faith, family, food, and health. Everything she posts um, kind of is filtered through those four pillars. So, example, if you go to her uh, Instagram account, you'll see her posting scripture verses here and there, or on her Insta story talking about um, something God has shown her, right? and then family, you'll see her posting pictures of our beautiful daughter Azariah in this incredible husband she has who kind of looks like Fabio.
2: I never I never see her post pictures of you. So
1: <laughs> I thought she was a single
2: parent mom.
1: Um, and then uh, food, she, you know, she she's loves to cook and bake and so she she'll do recipes and stuff like that and then and then health is one of her pillars. So you'll see her talking about vitamins and stuff she's learning about health. And how that even dovetails into her, her side business that she does on skincare. And so, really, everything she posts is filtered through those.
2: Yeah, and it's a good, it's a great framework. A uh, couple others that you can just, uh, uh, you know, think about. Uh, I heard someone talk about this one. It was, uh, before I post, I pause, uh, which is great. Sometimes if you're angry or you're very passionate, you may need to pause 24 hours. Uh, but you pause, uh, then you pray. And, you know, in the prayer time, you're saying, does this edify or does this break down people? And, and then you can post. So, I mean, I like that. It was just pause, pray, and post. Another one uh, that, you know, you can tell these are from Saddleback people because, you know, uh, you know, th- those all started with P's. Let's go to the W's. Uh, wit was one of them. Uh, you know, what's something that's funny that uh, is just, you know, humorous uh, but not degrading to people? Uh, what's, what's a slice of wisdom? you know, to enlighten people? And then what's a window into their own daily life? And so, you know, part of it is that's that's where they're going. They're going with some wit, some wisdom, and a window. And whatever your framework is, before you even get into a framework, understand the purpose of why you do social media. It has to change. If you don't change, if we don't help change happen, what's going to happen is that you're going to see the 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 cascading effect that it has on the negative side just start to exponentially grow throughout the generations that are following us.
1: So that is our leadership learning and on to the trending topic of this show uh, we're talking about change your day. Yeah.
2: And this is, you know, you've you've got to look at your day. Let, let's say, go with this. If I gave you, and obviously I'm too poor to do this, but if I gave you $86,400 to spend a day, if I gave that to you every single day, but here's the catch. You had to spend it all or you would lose it. So uh, you, I mean, you know, there's an old movie. I forget what it was called. Was it Trading Places or uh, Derek? You're too young to remember it. I can't even remember it. So I don't even know what movie I'm <laughs> shouting out there right now. Uh, but there was there there was one. I think it was Eddie Murphy, who I, I don't you know you know condone in this in this podcast at right. all. Uh, but uh, it, it was very humorous. But he you know he got s- large sums of money, but he had to spend them all in that day. And uh, but if, but if I gave you eighty six thousand four hundred dollars to spend, the bottom line is. More likely than not, you'd spend every cent. You would pour your heart into it. You would go, "Oh my goodness!" And you would you'd probably bless others. And you know, probably after you fulfilled all your felt needs. Ty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ty, thank you right there. Uh, of course, I was at the top of my list. Uh, but you know, if I gave you that much money every single day, you would utilize it to the best of your ability. And the bottom line is, when you look at your day, the Lord gives you eighty-six thousand. 400 seconds every day to be used by God. And for the sake of stewardship, you have got to be thinking through, how are you spending your day? And the thing that I love about Rick and he, how he's been been—he's been uh, doing a, in our staff meetings, he's been walking us through, this is coming up on our third week this week, of time management and going with that. But just let me set this up for you. Uh, of the importance of time management, because your day has to count, and you're getting 86,400 seconds to make it count every single day. Uh, I love, uh, in the Phillips translation, Ephesians 5, it says, live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as those who who do not know the meaning and purpose of life But as those who do, make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties in this day. And when you look at that scripture, you're just like going, oh, my goodness, was it written just, you know, last week uh, in the midst of COVID and all that? But when you're looking at time management, one, there's three things we just want to focus on right here on the show. And then, uh, obviously, if we can get Rick's audios, uh, which would be a little bit lengthy as I'm thinking about it, because he, he he's very robust in his time management teachings. But uh, w- three things, as we just want to touch on real quick, as you're framing this, how am I going to tackle 86,000 400 seconds in every day. First thing you got to understand is that time management is it's life management. It's how you manage what God has stewarded to you. First Corinthians four uh, in the NIV says, "Those who have been given a trust must prove faithful." And it's going to be important that we understand that when we're talking about something that's changing. One of the things that COVID, as I'll just say for me for me has knocked me off my normal mojo where uh, obviously because of screen time, I've been a lot more fatigued uh, because of being at home a whole lot. Uh, except for when I'm blessed being six feet separated from Derek in the studio here, uh, you know there there's those pieces where uh, I've gotten a little bit out of sync, and this is one of the things that's got to change. And I'm looking at myself when I'm saying this, but I've got to realize that time management is life management, and I got to manage my life just a little bit tighter than how I've been going through because uh, you know it's 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 something that when we're out of our typical rhythms, we've got to we got to dig deep and go deeper into those. Another thing, uh, second point here is my problem isn't time, it's my choices and how powerful that has got to uh, hit every one of us because uh, because I didn't get something done yesterday, it's because of the choices that I chose to do something else. And this is why uh, I love Ecclesiastes 8.6. This is in the good news. It says, there's a right time and a right way to do everything but we know so little, and when you when you're feeling pressure in your life, uh, it is probably because of poor choices. And uh, you know, Lisa and I were just going through this on the weekend. We had a bunch of things we wanted to do, and we woke up Sunday feeling already behind the gun. And we looked back to Saturday. And we said, basically, what we do is we procrastinated. We said, ah, we'll, we'll do it on Sunday. Well, now that roll, Saturday rolled into Sunday, and then we had some things we had to do on Sunday, and so it caused pressure in our day. And what you got to do is realize that your problem is never time. Your problem is always in the choices. And probably one of the hardest words you've got to say, and I, this is a Rickism of all Rickisms, he goes, you got to learn to say the middle two letters of the alphabet, and which are N-O. And so uh, you've got to be able to say no to some things because you've got to do what only you can do. And as you're time managing in your day, you've got to understand when I look at the choices I've got to do, I've got to figure out, is that the right choice? And then this uh, third one, I wish we had all the time in the world to go through this, but it's time management can be learned. And that's the beauty of this. Uh, in Psalms 90, uh, i you know, I I don't like paraphrases, but I do love the Living Bible in this one. It, it says, uh, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. And what I love about this is time management can be learned. One of the reasons we're going to 15 cities in 2021 is because we want to help you time manage better what you need to do in your small group ministry so that you can walk away and say, you know, okay, I am doing great life management. I'm picking great choices and I can help others learn around me in my C team that can help me make my small group ministry just flourish. And the reason why we do what we do is because we want to help people learn. And so I just reflect on this whole thing of, you know, how to change your day, how to understand uh, change management and time management is that you've got to be understanding that you have been given a great stewardship of caring for half the church, not temple courts for most of you. It's all on the house to house movement, but then you have to look through and look at your own schedule. And I would just encourage you is just do, do a two day time management. What have I done in my last two days? Look at the big blocks, maybe before, before, you know, your morning block, your morning block, your afternoon block and your evening block. And if you're a night out, it's your late, late block, uh, you know, just depending on where you're at, but look at those five blocks and say, where am I spending my time? If you're sleeping 12 hours a day, God bless you. It's amazing. You can do that. Uh, God bless you. But if you're eating all the time, if you're doing whatever you're doing, but m- just, just take an account. Here's the thing I would tell you coming on the show, whether you believe me or not on, on that, you've got to, you know, you got to change your day. And this is one of the change features. I think that almost every one of us listening has to take a, an account to is just manage, a just do an audit on your day. And when I looked at mine, I was just like going, wow. They, I, I was just embarrassed by it. And I just said, no, I've got to dial it in a little bit quicker. Got to dig myself a little bit deeper. Got to pull up my bootstraps and say, you know, okay, how do I manage this a little bit better with God's help, with people's help, setting some accountability in place to say, you know, hey, did I do what I said I was going to do? But this is the beauty of way the small group network exists, and that is to make sure that iron sharpens iron and we help each other out in this time. So, four things that must change, unless you look at the first point, and I kind of threw a, set, a bonus point in there, uh, but, you know, however you want to frame it up, but four things I just want to encourage you to reflect on and change as we go into this COVID time, and that is change the communication and focus of your small group ministry. Change how... You do church in the temple courts and house to house. Get get the training that you need. Uh, Change how you're engaging on social media. It's been 10 years coming. It's already been 10 years of having social media. How are you engaging that in the most profitable way possible? And then you have to change your day. 86,400 seconds. How are you using them, Derek, right now? And don't take 86,000 seconds to tell me that, but just (laughs) kidding.
1: Oh, I've got a question for you actually regarding your time audit. How many Cheeto breaks and video game breaks did you actually have to cut out of your daily schedule? Zero
2: video games because my hands are not coordinated uh, like my son <laughs> to be able to even do that. You know, it's the most so humbling when he says, hey, you just sit next to the couch next to me. You don't have to play the game. So I'm like going, okay, that's telling me quite a bit right there. Uh, even as a 20-year-old, he just makes me sit and, and all that. Cheetos, can't answer because you're not my, my accountability partner. <laughs>
1: That was a great uh, section there. I really liked your quote on uh, my problem isn't time, it's my choices. Ouch. Well, that was a great show. Thanks again for spending part of your day with us, tuning in. Reminder, tune in next week, same time to listen to Here to Their Show with Carolyn Togetta. And until next time, goodbye. See you later.
0: Hey, Small Group Network family, Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer and Small Group Network creative arts director. Thank you so much to Steve and Derek for that great episode of Inside Saddleback. Now, before we go, let's talk about a few events. The Small Group Network is storming out of COVID-19 with a slew of strategic training events slated for 2021. Our first event of the new year, it will be Accelerate Small Group Workshop in Houston on January 26th and 27th, and you still have time to lock in that early bird price through October 27th. Next, we have our annual Lobby Gathering Conference held at the stunning Saddleback Retreat Center in SoCal February 23rd through the 25th. Get $175 off, that's right, $175 off the current price now by using code FLASHSALE all caps. Again, that's FLASH SALE through the end of this month. Visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events to lock in these great savings today. And thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically.